Welcome, listeners, to the season two premiere of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And we're going to be celebrating our Love of Horror event for the entire month of February. It also coincidentally coincides... Coincidentally coincides... Coincidence? (laughs) Sure. With (laughs) the Women in Horror Month. So we're also going to be celebrating Awesome Ladies. We've curated a batch of horror films featuring themes of love, sex, puberty, hormones, badass women, and everything in between. Starting us off this week, we have Bride of Chucky from 1998. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this drink to be sassy, sexy, and what Martha Stewart would do. Tax evasion? Is that what she did? Yeah. Oh. We also want to let you know that we'll be at Fan Expo Vancouver this year, participating Woo! in three podcast panels, including a live episode. Fan Expo takes place February 15th to 17th at the Vancouver Convention Center, and we have a booth for the entire event as well. We are booth number POD5 in the podcast alley. Come say hi, discuss horror and podcasts, win some prizes, and so much more. Also say hi to my mom and ask her why I'm doing this. <laughs> Our live episode is scheduled at 11 a.m. on February the 17th. We hope to see you there. That's family day, so come hang out with your podcast family. Aw, you're our family. <laughs> oh, I meant you, Char. I don't know who else is listening. Do people listen? To- Are we recording this? It turns Oof. out people listen. Oof, oh no. Yep. <laughs> Just so you know, in this episode, there'll be a few mentions of abusive relationships and sexual assault. So if those are things that you're not comfortable with listening to today, that's totally okay. Take a step back from this episode. So tell me about the this Martha Stewart cocktail that you made us. <laughs> guess what I called it? Okay, no, don't guess, because I'm just going to tell you. It's called Le Petit Morte, because that's how the guy said it in the movie. I don't think that's how you pronounce it, but it's I'm not. not French. It's le petit mort. La petite mort. Close enough. Well, you're from Quebec, so it's la petite mort. <laughs> and uh, I made this drink, and I was inspired by Tiffany Valentine, the lovely Jennifer Tilly. And so I made this um, with a new sponsor. Ooh. Season two, we have brand new sponsors. We also got some old reliables. And this is uh, the Woods. <laughs> Kelly liked my joke. <laughs> this is the Woods Spirit Co. They've made uh, a limoncello for us. Limoncello? How would you say limoncello. it? Limoncello. Limoncello. That's right. Uh, and they also made us a gin. So I combined these two ingredients to make Le Petit Morte. I actually think limoncello is Italian now that I think about it. But go it on. It probably is. But I already made the French joke. I don't know if you noticed, but you also made another joke by picking our Woods sponsor. Because Tiffany says sometimes oh, plastic yeah. is no replacement for good hard wood. Nice. Good job. Ha! Totally did it on purpose. And I also added some rose water in there. Uh, so feminine and dainty. Exactly. And yet it can kill you. It can. Roses do have thorns. <gasps> it's a perfect metaphor. What? But yeah, do you like it? What do you? What are your thoughts? I mean, I like it. This is a strong drink. I made this. I want it to be fancy, and I wanted Kelly to like it. <laughs> I uh, I do. I went to the actual Woods Distillery to pick this stuff up, 
And then he fed me just a shit ton of alcohol. So I came back and didn't do any work. So I, <laughs> I tried both the gin and the limoncello separately and I really liked them. And I, I was like hesitant. I'm like, I don't know if we're supposed to mix them. I don't know if he, that's how you make a drink, but it actually turned out really good. Thanks. It's, uh, it's very lemony. Which I is, added some extra lemon juice, but just a touch, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Yeah, and uh, it's very cl- it's very classy in these new uh, glasses. It says some words on the edge, but I don't know. I don't know what I, I can't read it. Are you sure? Do you want me to read it for you? Uh, yes, I am illiterate. Everybody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> You're dyslexic. You're not illiterate. I don't know who's to say. But don't you recognize this logo on these glasses? Uh, trying trying on scrum, scrum. <laughs> My Faja made us these amazing tumbler. What would you call them? Tumblers? Hell yeah. That have our logo etched in acid on the side. So I am so grateful. Thank you, daddy, very much. Turns out real adults can do things. It's incredible. He made us four of them and we're going to use them for basically every drink we ever make. Yeah, Regardless and, of if it's appropriate for the cocktail. And not to be a shill, but I think it makes the drink taste even better. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. But yeah, it's really good. I think the rose, actually, I can taste it. And it does give it like a... Because I think it would be like too lemony. Like mm. kind of like a... like a Lemon drop. Yeah. The reason you don't like limoncello. So I think the rose actually like turns it from being just a lemon... Like an alcoholic lemonade into an alcoholic drink like Thank an, ad- you. an adult cocktail very if you will yeah a- i'm not a fan of limoncello normally but this one actually is pretty dang good it's from north vancouver right yeah where all the good alcohol comes from hell yeah but yeah it's not i find typical limoncello kind of tastes like a cough drop mm, like too syrupy yeah and this still has that flavor profile but it also adds a bit of i don't know what it is it's like tangy but sweet hmm. it's just better it's it's not gross to put in your mouth <laughs> so thanks i also don't know if like like i said i don't know if gin and limoncello are supposed to go together but i've started liking gin more and i think that this being like primarily a gin drink with like the hints of lemon the hint as in like just a shit ton of lemon <laughs> just <laughs> works and i like it and it's a good intro to our Season two, first episode. Woo! Good job. Thank y'all. I was afraid you made a drink that you don't like. No, it's good. I like it. I am a fan. I'm not going to name drop any of our other sponsors, but we got a few alcohols that I really know you're not going to like. So this season's going to be chock full of some Kelly drinks. Woo! I promise to keep an open mind. (sighs) (laughs) So this week we watched Bride of Chucky from 1998. It premiered on October 16th of that year. It's directed by Ronnie Yu and written by Don Mancini. Now, we've started taking some of our audience feedback uh, from our survey, and something that came up was that people want to listen to episodes even if they haven't seen the movie. So we're going to take a bit of a longer moment to do our synopsis. So I created this masterpiece. Are you ready for it, Kelly? I think I get to leave because I can't read this, so I'll be back. (laughs) See you later. After being cut apart by the police, killer doll Chucky, played by Brad Dourif, is resurrected by one of his old flames, Tiffany Valentine, played by Jennifer Tilly. Following an argument about commitment and marriage, Tiffany locks Chucky in a playpen and buys him a doll companion to spend the rest of his days with. 
Chucky then escapes to kill Tiffany by electrocuting her in a bathtub and transfers her soul into the bride doll. In order to change out of their doll forms and back into unsuspecting human victims, the murderous duo need to dig up the Dumbala amulet buried with Chucky's human corpse. Tiffany arranges for herself and Chucky to be driven to New Jersey by Jesse, who's played by Nick Stabile. Sure. Yeah. And Jade, who's played by Catherine Heigl. What? If that's not come up on this podcast, I'm obsessed with uh, Grey's Anatomy. So that's so weird. I find it hard to believe if we haven't talked about Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Uh, But they're a young and rebellious teenage couple hoping to run away together who are unaware that their cargo is in fact alive. Chaos ensues as the dolls go on a murder spree down Route 66, trying to make it to the grave site, causing the teenage lovers to lose faith and trust in each other. Eventually, the teens discover the dolls are alive and use the cracks discovered in their relationship to escape their plastic captors and manage to kill Chucky. Unfortunately, not before he ultimately stabs Tiffany in the back for trying to help the teens escape. I mean, technically, he stabbed Jesse in the back, literally, metaphorically stabbed (laughs) Tiffany in the back. No, he stabs her too. In the back? Yeah, hmm. maybe in the front. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he stabs her he in stabs the front her. with his dick. <laughs> yeah. Let's play that trailer audio. Well, hello, Dolly. <laughs> this Halloween, Chucky's back. But this time, there's more to fear. Because this time, he's got a playmate of his own. That's pretty good. It didn't give us too much details about what's going to happen. Although, what really do you need to know besides he's got a girlfriend and she's a doll too. It seemed like one of those trailers where people haven't seen a Chucky movie in a while. And that whole buildup of like, we don't know who the killer is yet. And then it shows Chucky's face. I imagine people getting super stoked seeing that for the first time. And they're like, oh, shit, another Chucky movie's coming out. Yeah, well, this isn't the original. This is after the original three. So we're breaking up our normal way of going through series by numerical order. This time we skipped two of them to go to Bride of Chucky. Um, yeah, we skipped the babysitter being killed and then Army? Yes. Yeah. We skipped right to what is basically like the wacky arc of Chucky. Which I am a fan of. I don't want to give away my feelings too soon. But But yeah, like those first three were like, seriouser? Eh, maybe. (laughs) Seriouser. Seriouser. (laughs) A little bit. And then this is like the just, well, buck wild Chucky. Whatever. (laughs) Here we go. Are you ready for some thoughts? Let's see. Yes. (laughs) That was easy. Wow. Okay. So my first thought. I was debating if I should include it in our security facts section or if I should put it here, but um, I decided to put it here. So I love all of the horror movie references that they have in this film. Hell yeah. Like right at the beginning of the movie, we're in this police evidence locker room and they got knockoff Jason Voorhees' hockey mask, Michael Myers' mask, Bubba Sawyer's chainsaw. Oh, yeah. There's a creep show crate, uh, Freddy Krueger's bladed gloves, And then uh, later in the movie, we get a nod to The Exorcist when Chucky's um, first killing Tiffany's like boy toy boyfriend, not really boyfriend, because he's like sitting on the bed and his whole head turns around at him. 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then there's something else. Oh, yeah. Later, when Chucky and Tiffany are debating how to kill Jade's uncle in the van, we get a reference to Pinhead Mm -hmm. because he's creatively killed with a bunch of nails shooting at him in his face from uh, an airbag explosion. I almost feel like that was really cool. At some point, they also look at like a ball peen hammer. And I almost feel like that was probably also a reference to something. That's uh, Chucky kills his first victim with that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she's like, predictable. Yeah, they're just playing (laughs) on their old stuff. Yeah, I really like that. It's it's just fun. It's just fun to do. Exactly. And that's my next point is just literally... This movie is so fun. <laughs> it has, you mentioned this after we watched it, that it has the perfect amount of cheese. Yes. Just not, not too much. Just a thin layer of cheese on top. I had no eye rolls happen. I just was like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> and it just kept going and going. And there was an action. And we've watched this one before. I'm going to be happy to watch it again. It's just like Terror Train, which I know is from season one. But for us, it was just last week that we watched <laughs> it. And... Um, I just I can see us coming back to it again and again. Yeah, it was really good. And there's like the jokes that Chucky is like known for, but they mix them up because now he's got a wife. So it's a lot of like back and forth jokes as well. Mm-hmm. And they they like play off each other like a comedy duo a little bit, which totally re- really makes this movie like, I don't know, I, I never really maybe the first one is kind of more horror, I would say. But I think as this movie goes on, it really tries to be more like comedy horror. Yeah. Well, there's something that's so you can't not see the comedy in like a tiny doll lunging at an adult woman to murder. Yeah, but he's still (laughs) screaming like, I'm going to kill you and boring shit like that. Now he's like making puns and like one liners and stuff when he stabs people or whatever. Plus, like there's a whole sex scene between dolls. Which just kind of reminded me of Team America. Oh, man. I saw that. I didn't watch it because my mom was smart and didn't let me watch it. Yeah, I was young when I saw it. Yeah. The, <laughs> the puppets, puppet sex was a bit much, but I think this one this one was tasteful. It was classy. Yeah, we got uh, shadow sex. Silhouettes. Yes, lovely silhouettes through uh, lace-like curtains. Mm-hmm. It was a good contrast as well between their like sensual love and then the the moody teens who hate each other at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My next point is I want to take a second to talk about how badass Tiffany Valentine is. It wouldn't be the woman in horror month if you didn't. So I'm glad that you are. Hell yeah. <laughs> Because uh, she does not take any shit from anyone. Chucky is definitely an asshole to her, but she totally holds her own and she doesn't let him walk all over her. She can dish it as much as she can take it. And I love that. She takes matters into her own hands. She's super smart. And of course, she's super hot. That's true. As a doll, too. Like, I was turned on. <laughs> and I like men. <laughs> it's because she knows how to use it. Like when she... When Glenn gets killed and she has to dispose of the body, she knows how to get Jesse to put that that junk in her trunk, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that specific part up because she's like leaning on the back of the car. She's like talking to him, but she's like slightly like moving her hips back yeah. and forward. And he's like trying not to look at it, but he's like staring. And I felt I empathize with that moment. I was like, damn, me too, sir. Me too. And it was also good because then Jesse like backs off and he's like, no, I got a, I got a girlfriend. And then she's like, OK, well, you take care of him. Yeah. And yeah. she's like totally consent. Like, great. I will not bother you, sir. It's a very rare thing to have like a well-written female character in a horror movie. Yeah. 
And yeah. I love that she owns her body and her sexuality. You can tell it's not for anybody else but her. Like she loves it. She loves the feeling that she gets when people look at her. Mm-hmm. And she uses it to her advantage, uh, getting men to do what she needs. Yeah. Even so much so that she makes over her doll body to make it more hot. Exactly. <laughs> it's clear that she comes from a home that doesn't have a model relationship or like a strong father figure. She It comes up in a lot of her dialogue and she has a clear love for bad boys with Chucky. Yeah. But she, at the end of the day, still lets Chucky know that the least he can do is clean a goddamn dish I mean, after she's been slaving away over the hot stove. Her mom did tell her that the least the man can do is wash the dishes. Exactly. Because she's a philosopher. <laughs> that was such a funny line. That was a that's a weird trend, and I can't remember if it comes up in um the next movies or not. If he ke- if she keeps saying like my mom always told me, because that's like a recurring theme in this. I think movie. she says it three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that her mom tells her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my last point about Tiffany Valentine is that when uh, it comes down to it at the end of the movie. Even though she's in love with Chucky and she loves killing people, they've been killing people forever. They were together before he was a doll. She realizes her mistakes. She can look herself in the mirror and analyze their relationship. And then she tries to make the ultimate sacrifice and let the teens live. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Even after being horrifically burned, she still manages to like kick Chucky's ass when she decides that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, that's uh, that was a bit much. I mean, when you think about it, like we've it's, it's been established that Chucky feels everything that's happening to him. Yeah, and as time goes on, they get more human. They don't really mention it too much in this movie, but like she cries, she does cry, water, and then they make a joke about sperm and he and apparently, everything else. Apparently, manages to finish the deal and create a new child. Like her spoilers, but the end of the movie, yeah, that happens. Like, yeah, she manages to make a child within her doll body, so it stands to reason that enough of her was formed that being burned in an oven is probably pretty painful. Yeah. And then giving birth while burned up. She's so dang strong, even as a rubber doll. (laughs) (laughs) Which, the burning thing, brings me to my final point, which is the... We can't forget about the rebellious female character of Catherine Heigl's Jade, mm. who her whole plot point is that she wants to be with the boy she loves, which is like fine, whatever. But she is so what's a, what is a word to describe how she is like she's powerful. She also doesn't take any shit like she's running away from this uncle who's like super controlling. Her parents are dead. Rebellious. So. Yeah, she's rebellious. She's a teenager. Yeah. I mean, Catherine Heigl looked. 24 in that but i think she's supposed to be playing a teenager yeah this is pretty early in her career too for sure she's still got that Liv tyler very floaty voice that she does exactly that was gonna be my like negative point is that it takes away her power but at least she does get to kill chucky at the end of the film on her own terms it's true bang bang that was cool and the dynamic (laughs) bang bang shot him down (laughs) yeah bang bang he hit the ground bang bang jade shot him down yeah, you got it. Nice. Did nice it. work. Nailed it. <laughs> so the dynamic between her and her boyfriend isn't great because both of them don't trust each other. No. I, it was very confusing. They're on. They're going to. It's typical teenage romance, man. You're the one for me. I'm, and I never want to be with anybody else. Let's get married. And the moment that something suspicious happens, she's like, I think he did it. And he's like, I think she did it. The moment something suspicious happens, a 
car blows up from a police officer that was giving them lip. And then they think that the other person did it. Do you think I would blow up a cop car? I mean, they don't really know each other too well. Yeah. And, they were going to go to prom together. And that cop's been like, I mean, like, so you're in Jade's shoes, right? And you and your boyfriend just ran away and it was a spur of the moment thing. And he's like, fuck our life. We're going to make a new one. I'm going to put a down payment on a house with $500. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, well, he's devil may care, throwing everything away. And then the cop that's been bugging you your entire relationship comes up to you after your devil may care and then blows up. Who's to say that this boy who seems to be very rash and like off the cuff didn't think, well, if I'm saying fuck it to my past life, I might as well say fuck it to this police officer as well. Okay, but then turning that on its head, sure, maybe she thinks that he did do it, whatever. They stay together, but they don't talk about it. No. You, if you, if She's, I thought you killed someone, I'd be like, great, let's hide the body. Like, at least go in that direction no, instead of keeping all this ambiguous nothingness in the air with this lack of communication. Not a good relationship. Friends. How good was your communication when you were a fucking teenager? Okay, it was bad. But- I think they were. Also, she might be in, alone in a car with a murderer, and she's gonna br- just bring it up. She's probably gonna find the first opportunity to run away, like calling her friend a David. That's true. Yeah. So I think. Damn I think, it. I think this whole, much like Romeo and Juliet with these two stupid children <laughs> fucking up their lives, I think that this movie did a great job of two idiot teens not knowing what the fuck to do or how to talk to each other. That's fair. I'll give you that. But she did manage, or that both of them did manage to turn it around when they convinced like two adult humans to like start murdering each other. That was some good teamwork. That was. Yeah. That was really awesome. Bringing back the whole dish thing and the... That was fa- that was fancy footwork on their part. Super good. And then Jesse gets stabbed in the back and he's like, pull it out! And I'm like, you should know this, Izzy Stevens. That would be the worst idea ever. Yeah, but Izzy's a bad surgeon. <laughs> she killed a man. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and audience feedback survey. <gasps> we have an audience feedback survey? Yeah, and we'd really appreciate you filling it out. It's pretty short, and it's got some easy questions like how much you love us. <laughs> and we left spaces for general comments as well. So you can fill it out at bit.ly slash survey 2019 to help us make this season even better. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by the Wood Spirit Co., who provided us with their limoncello and gin to create le, what, the La Petite Mort. And, uh, <laughs> and they wanted me to tell you a little bit about what's special about these two drinks. Yeah, because both of them are created with, like, handcrafted love. And I learned things when I went and talked to them. So the gin is uh, specifically distilled so that each of the ingredients are distilled separately and they're vacuum distilled, which means that they apparently can control the temperature that they get distilled based on the ingredient. And then they combine it all together into the drink after they've been separately distilled. So each ingredient has its own distilling method. It's perfectly distilled the way it's meant to, which he has personally told me is a lot of work and probably it takes more time than, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Is necessary, but, but it, it d- gave us this amazing gin. Makes a damn fine gin. 
And then the uh, the limoncello, he also had a similar problem that you have with limoncello, which is that it tastes bad and he didn't like it. <laughs> so he wanted to make one that he does like, which is less like syrupy. And it's got a little, it's got a little bit of pepper, a little bit of spice to it. Which is why I will think it was so perfect to be in Tiffany Valentine's. sweet and spicy. Cocktail. The <laughs> gin actually, I found various, like... I, I don't know. There's always like that, what's it called? Bombay or whatever? Yeah. The blue one. And that's like, Sapphire, yeah. that's like gin. That's, you go to get gin, that's gin. You came home from the, visiting this place and picking up our sponsored products and you were like, Char, taste this gin right now. So good. It's so complex. And you know, it sounds like we're reading copy, but genuinely I've, I was like, damn, I wish I got another bottle so that I could drink some gin. <laughs> You can follow us. Let me stop you on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. The best way to help us grow is to tell your friends about us. Seriously, you talking about our podcast does wonders more than us talking about it. So please share with your friends and family. Speaking of friends, we have a discord, uh, not a personal one. We're still cozying up to super hopped up. So you can go to bit.ly slash hopped up discord and talk to some like-minded, cool, awesome people. I'm proud of that community and we moderate it so there's no toxic assholes in there. Hell yeah. Just clean bleached assholes. Woof. (laughs) Don't feel the need to bleach your assholes, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you're you're trying to be a porn star, then you get more work. (laughs) Jesus Christ. They have unrealistic beauty standards, okay? But last but not least... Uh, in this little ad break, I want to let you know that for the entire month of February, all of our proceeds from our Women in Horror Love of Horror event are going to be donated to WAVA, which is an organization that is near and dear to my heart. It's Women Against Violence Against Women. They support uh, survivors of sexual assault. I've used their services. They are wonderful. So now is an amazing time to become a patron because all of our Patreon donations of this month are going to be donated and we are going to match those donations as well. Hell so yeah. So if you make us pay lots of money by becoming a patron. Yeah. If you don't like us and don't want to give us money, donate now to our Patreon because we won't get it. And it'll go to someone who deserves it. And to get to our Patreon, you can go to www.patreon.com slash drink and scream. Now back to the episode. All right, give me your points. So my first point, I feel obligated, but privileged to make this point, is that so Jade's friend David is probably one of the first actually well-written gay characters that I can think of in any of the horror movies that we've watched for this podcast. Ah. He's smart. He's funny, but not in like the stereotypical, like flamboyantly funny. He wasn't super flamboyant. It's so true. They had like the typical jokes about him being like knowledgeable about flowers. And I think there was a musical. He was going to have a musical theater degree or at least just going in on a uh, figure skating uh, scholarship. Yeah. But beyond that, like his, his actions and his motivations in life were like, yeah, pretty stereotypical gay stuff. But like, they were also pretty cool things. Going to musical theater, knowing a lot about like smart things about flowers. He doesn't just say, oh, those are beautiful. He says like, put some aspirin in some water and those things will last you the rest of the week. And I'm like, I want to try that. That's fucking smart. (laughs) And he's a great friend. He stands up for Jade. He comes to like, 
mediate. Be a fake boyfriend, first of all. That's true. So she can get it on with her real boyfriend. He gets to be the beard because he, (laughs) he knows that they are actually in love. He even uses his past love experience to like give her advice because his boyfriend's mom found a note oh, that he yeah. had written for him. And so they got in trouble for that. And he's like, hey, if you really love someone, do everything you can to stay with them. Yeah. That and was sad. It was, and it was good because it was like, it wasn't written as a joke that he was into a guy. Yeah. It was just sure. like, I was into someone and they were a guy and they were talking about love. What else are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like, I really like how he was written. I really like, I actually really like that actor. He was pretty good. He was awesome. Yeah. There was like no downsides to him. His delivery was great. Mm -hmm. He connected with his partners on screen. He had really good chemistry. And he stood up for himself when he thought that he was in a car with two murderers. Yeah. When he found the body of her uncle. He grabs the gun and then like holds them up at gunpoint. And it's not until that the, the dolls come back to life that he freaks out and runs into the street and gets a pretty awesome death scene. Oh, man, that was intense. Just exploding when he gets hit by that truck. And that's, like, traumatizing for the other two teams. Hell yeah. Our our cool friend just blew up. (laughs) I thought it was cool. I thought David was a really well-written character. (laughs) I like The characters, all the characters are pretty strong, except for maybe Jesse, the male teen. But he's kind of just like your stereotypical straight white man. Yeah. Dude, like dumb dude, bro. Teen guy. Yeah. But he's also eye candy because he's got his shirt off and he's pretty hot. Yeah. We can talk about it probably later if, if we watch more Chucky. But I feel like the series as a whole does a really good job of writing like marginalized characters. The Espe- next one is like intense. Especially, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so like David just being like a really well-rounded, solid character was uh, was good. I liked it. Yeah. Woo. Do you want my second point now? I do. So Chucky and Tiff's whole quest is that they have to get to the cemetery, dig up Chucky's body, and get the heart of Dumbala. Yes. Which were what four? This is the fourth. Yeah. Were four movies in? Basically, they even to- reference that. If it were a movie, it would take. They a- would need like three sequels. That was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like that they are just down with adding some bullshit MacGuffin to the story at this point, and like, I don't know, it worked. Like I'm, it was believable that a Tiffany has a book just called uh, Voodoo, Voodoo for, for Dummies. Dummies, yeah, <laughs> and then fuck it, the heart of Dumbala, and also which they photoshopped onto the old photo that they've used in every other movie that didn't have it on it, but this time it's there. Fuck it, it was there the whole time, you guys. <laughs> also, I like that Chucky knows the exact page and like sub article that the heart of Dumbala is in that book, which then like. It retroactively means that to learn voodoo in the first place, he didn't learn it from his like mentor. He learned it from a book. True. Or he bought the book after yeah, his mentor funny. was because we knew in the first one that he had a, men- a voodoo yeah. mentor. But apparently, he also just owned voodoo for dummies. Do you want to know a fun fact that did not make it into the scaredy fact section? Maybe I do. It turns out that it is the right page number. He says, but it's. The wrong chapter that's clearly visible on the uh, top of the page. I thought you were going to say that there's actually that book and he oh, referenced God. the right page. Jeez, if there was, I don't think there would. I don't think that company would do that. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the term like voodoo is problematic, right? Yes. Yes. Let's be clear with that. But I think they kind of just dug in their heels at this point that yeah. this is what we're based on. 
And I think, I don't know. I'm no, again, I'm no expert. So I think like naming voodoo for dummies, this book and just making it as ridiculous that these like white people are learning this magic from a book is pretty funny. I don't know. White trailer trash. people. These white trailer trash went to the, probably (sighs) went to a bookstore and stole it. But I, I think that's pretty funny. I have, I have one last thought. (gasps) Tell me. I want to talk about that wedding scene. Oh. So midway through the movie, Jesse and Jade are like, I don't trust you, but we should get married. I didn't really understand that. I was like, is it because you don't want to have to go on trial? I think it's... Or is it you're so committed to this ruse in your brains and like I think it's proved to me that I can trust you by marrying me, basically. Which doesn't even work, though. No. But this whole wedding scene is so great because it's so fucking ominous. Like most wedding scenes are like maybe used for some comedic effect or like some relief in the middle of a movie or something like that. But like this entire scene is hard cut between like extreme close ups of Jesse and Jay just nervously looking at each other. And then cutting to Chucky murdering the (laughs) uncle who has come back to life. For a second time, yeah. (laughs) so great and he's like using his knife again so it's almost like a going back to classics yep and i was like sitting there and i was like man this scene slaps so hard this movie's great (laughs) and i could probably pick out like the explosion scene earlier on in the movie was probably extremely well cut like everything just once the tension is finally relieved and murder and chaos starts happening they do such a good job of like making it extremely enjoyable to watch everything go to hell. Yeah. And I just can't get over how good the characters are. They're so great. Like that's that whole scene. It's like Tiffany is like yelling at Chucky to murder him. Just fucking stab him at this point. Yeah. It's done being creative. What would Martha Stewart do? They stop with that. Joke. Yeah. Chucky like is really into he's back to his classics now. And then these two jackass teenagers are getting married and uh, I don't know. There's just it's just the characters leading to that point is just mwah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That's the end of my thoughts. Oh, thank you so much for them. Are you ready for some da-da-da! scaredy facts? You would have thought for season two, we would have thought something else. No, I like it. It's a classic. Da-da. Scaredy. Scaredy, 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 scaredy facts. That was okay, but I'm, I'm still going with the original for now. You can give me another one uh, in episode two, and we'll see if we can swap. So, for those of you listening and weren't around for season one, our scaredy facts section is modeled after Shar and I's own relationship. <gasps> Every time we watch a horror movie, we will snuggle up in bed, go on to IMDb, and we will read each other trivia facts. Cough. I will ch- read Char trivia facts, and she will fall asleep. Cough. On cough. <laughs> and now you, the listeners at home of season two, get to experience this in your own ears from our relationship in an unsexy way. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I think we're hot. Voice hot, maybe. <laughs> All right, so the budget for this film was... 25 million estimated the opening weekend unfortunately well not it's still a lot of money but it's definitely lower than what we're used to on this podcast only made 11.8 million and the gross usa amount is 32.4 million so cumulatively worldwide they've made 
50.7 million, which is double, double their budget. Not great. But with such a franchise like this, you would think it made more. Something about this film flopped when it came out. And I don't know why, because I love it, but that's just me. Yeah, that is weird. When I was looking up David on the Wikipedia, the first like two comments were extremely homophobic. And then someone talked about how the idea was originally to have David and Jesse in a relationship. But back then, people wouldn't have been cool with that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of like, maybe the fact that there was a strong female character and a a well-written gay character meant that nobody liked it back then. But at least it is the most grossed film of the Chucky franchise. And it's the second most financially successful Chucky film in the States. Man, I'm so not ready for how poorly uh seed of chucky did then (laughs) yeah yeah so i just i don't know why this i guess it's gotten so much of a cult following now but and when it was coming out it was successful but it wasn't like holy shit successful yeah because it's kind of bounced back they're making a tv show about it yeah with brad deriff Mm -hmm. we talked about this in the first chucky one we did so go listen to those episodes and they're all a bunch of fan-made ones as well movies and stuff yeah yeah My next scaredy fact is that this is Brad Dourif's personal favorite child's play movie. And this film also marks the first appearance of Chucky's redesign when they have the new uh, stitches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the Chucky that people think of today, which um, would be such a cool couple's costume for us to do. That would be great. It would be very hard for me to do. Super easy for me. You just have to do makeup and shit. White dress, leather jacket, good to go. Plus, I don't think I'd look good in overalls. <laughs> the, yes, this is my least favorite Chucky because Alex Vincent isn't in it. True. Is this the only one he's not in? Or is he not in Seed of Chucky either? Uh, I think, isn't there a stinger at the end that he's oh, in? Oh, yeah. Right, is it right. that one? Maybe. I'm not sure. He's in almost all of them, but he's not in this one for sure. Because I know not Cult of, yeah, Cult of Chucky comes back in a big way. But I think even like the one, I think the stinger of him coming back is actually in the one before Cult of Chucky. Which is Seed? No, there's Seed and then it kind of goes darker again with uh, Return of Chucky or something like that. It's the one with the woman in the wheelchair who lives alone. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what it's called now. Right. But uh, but yeah, I think that's the one that Alex Vincent comes back. I think okay. Seed and, and Bride, he might not actually ever appear in can you look it up so that our listeners know what that next one was i forget and it's gonna bother me it was curse of chucky right okay yeah which like yeah like i said kind of left the whole weird chucky arc and went back to a little bit more dark yeah and that was like totally different style again they aren't afraid to jump and do some creative stuff though which is less so than friday the 13th (laughs) arguably (laughs) it's still always chucky and it's still in the same narrative flow yeah they never go to space Space. two thousand years later (laughs) my next scary fact is that julia styles actually got the part of jade but she had to drop it to play a role in 10 things i hate about you so catherine styles again um, she's in 10 Things I Hate About Sweet. You. Sweet. Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, she's like a rom-com oh, okay. actress. I'm sure I could look her up. <laughs> Everyone at home knows what she's in. Uh, there was a planned album of love songs featuring Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly singing as their dolls. Oh. Like they were going to sing as Chucky and Tiffany. And in the movie commentary, Tiffany, it's like 
explained that Tiffany was going to sing Killing Me Softly and Chucky was going to sing The House of the Rising Sun. Oh, I love that song. I know. That's why I sang it, just like how you sing it. I sing it all the... Wait, bad? No. Oh. <laughs> and then they both were gonna share a duet of hit the road jack and don't you come back no more no more no more no more but then it, it didn't happen sad face i was trying to think of the first lyrics of house of the rising sun <laughs> but i ha- i can't think of it unless i lead up with a ding 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 <laughs> Uh, next on our list is My mother was a tailor. (laughs) She sewed my new blue jeans. My father was a gambling man down in New Orleans. This is such a treat for our season premiere. You guys get... uh... We're now the singing horror podcast. (laughs) We only exclusively do musical horror. Hell yeah. The next scary fact is that the scene in which Tiffany is electrocuted in the bathtub was originally written as Maggie's death in the original Child's Play. Yeah, it was supposed to be the first death in the, the Child's series, Play series. Which I can't remember if we mentioned that I think in we our did. Child's Play uh, 1988 episode or not. But yeah, cool. Because we had a special guest and she probably mentioned it. True. Jocelyn. She's awesome. Maybe we'll have her back. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? When Chucky decides to kill Chief Kincaid, he first picks up. Oh, I kind of talked about this before. He picks up a ball pin hamper. Wow. A ball pin hamper. A ball pin hammer. A gym hamper. How do you say it? A ball peen hammer? Ball peen, ball peen hammer. That sounds it's like, like a peen. Penis. Yeah, that's why I Some didn't balls, think that's how some you say penis, it. and a hammer. <laughs> but then he puts it down when Tiffany remarks, predictable. In the original Child's Play, Chucky's first kill. Uh, is by hitting her in the head with a ball-peen hammer and sending her flying out a window. Mm-hmm. The part where Chucky is playing with a speak and spell and types in bitch when it asks him to spell woman, which I was like, ugh, misogyny, <laughs> uh, is a reference, I didn't know this, to the scene in Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh, that's why I didn't know, because I haven't seen that one. Where Leatherface is playing an electronic word game and he keeps typing in food when it's showing a picture of a clown. But does he, he uh, stand at the hook and keep spinning around with his chainsaw to make sure that nobody else can rescue you? Oh, man. We have to do an episode on Dead by Daylight. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> and my last scaredy fact is that in the news report on Jesse's radio in his van, the announcer said that Charles Lee Ray was gunned down in Hackensack, New Jersey in 1988. When in fact, Charles Lee Ray in the first Child's Play movie was gunned down in 1988 but gunned down inside a toy store in Chicago, Illinois. I was thinking that, and I wondered if it was maybe because they wanted a place that was closer to where he's buried, because maybe they had an idea where Tiffany lives, and then they wanted to have a place that they could drive to. That's a good reasoning. But Chicago, wait, wait, hold up a minute. They go past Niagara Falls. Isn't Niagara Falls near one of the Great Lakes, and isn't the Great Lakes near Chicago? I don't know. I'm not geography. So that's just kind of me. I'm not geography. I'm not geography. (laughs) So that's kind of me spitballing. But I do remember going to Chicago once, looking, flying over one of the Great Lakes and being like, wow, I didn't know Chicago was on the East Coast because I'm dumb. (laughs) So I think they probably could have still done Chicago. I don't know why they did New Jersey. And I have an extra special treat for you, my (gasps) love. Are you ready? I don't know. 
but go ahead. Well, I can tell you that our sweet, sweet revolver expert <gasps> and car expert Yay. is back. I love this person. <laughs> They're my favorite part of Chucky. The handgun Tiffany uses is a Nickel Bruni ME8 police. Ooh. The handgun Chucky uses at the end is a second generation Glock 17. The revolver Jade uses to kill Chucky <laughs> is a Taurus Model 65. Are you ready for some cars? I'm ready for some cars. Jesse's van is a 1985 GMC Vandura. Tiffany's car is a 1960 Pontiac. Sexy. And the truck that runs over and kills David is a Freightliner FLD. Whoever writes those is fucking committed, and I love it. It's intense. I'm living for it. I think the... Hmm. I'd have to watch it again, but I think in The Cult of Chucky... When um when they drive away at the very end of the movie, that might be Tiffany's Pontiac. Oh. I remember their colors yeah. being the same at least, but I of course Tiffany would buy red. She wouldn't buy anything else. <laughs> That's how you pay more for insurance. Do you have a final thought for me? I do, and much like the ending of season one, it is entirely up our own asses. Ooh, go for it. I have nothing to say about this movie. Instead, I wanted to use our final thought section to thank you, my dear for introducing me to this experience of making this podcast. I'm very proud of you, and I'm very glad that we have made it to season two. And I love you, and I hope that this podcast continues to be a huge success, and everyone in the world now knows it. All of them. Everyone in the entire world. Everyone. Yes. Aw, thank you. That's so kind. That's my final thought. You brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) I have to make jokes about it, or I'm going to not be able to talk anymore. Aw, thank you so much. I'm really glad that we got to do this together. And um, I've wanted to do it for so long, and I can't imagine doing it with anybody else but you. I mean, you've put in so much work, and it's more work than I ever put into anything I do. So I'm very proud of you. Thanks. Yes. So what's your final thoughts? (laughs) My (laughs) final thought is um, back to the movie, of course. I'm very professional on the podcast. Um, But my final thought is that I love... I mean, I kind of already talked about this a bit, but I want to reiterate how much I love the character work that this film puts into all of the characters that they've created. Because that you talked about the wedding scene. I also love the moment, like after the awful teenage wedding scene, of Chucky realizing that he's in love with Tiffany. And wants to marry her. Yeah, and then they have this like heartfelt, murderous romance And then, of course, it like is toxic and like awful and they do have like a domestic fight and like all these things. But they show that intimate side of those awful relationships that we never get to see. Yeah. It's like the back and forth. That is there. Yeah. And there's something like I don't want to say they have a cool relationship that I love to watch because obviously it's awful in the fact that they abuse each other and so much. Ugh, But they... There's a way that they write it that makes it endearing, <laughs> even though we know it's awful. And like, I think that's also, there's a huge commentary about that too, which yeah. is nice. I mean, they're also like extremely bad people and it's written in a way that like, we're never supposed to assume that they're not terrible people. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of like they deserve each other. Yes. They're both each other's own personal hell, but they love each other and it's great. And it's re- written in that way that you can clearly see it. Mm-hmm. Plus they're two dolls. Which is with, just great. With genitals. With genitals, apparently, that are capable of producing semen. 
and eggs. Whoa. Whoa. Well, that's been Bride of Chucky, a movie about wasting an hour and 40 minutes by only making one I'm all rubber joke. They could have done so many more. (laughs) Next week, we'll be watching A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah!